one of the all-time favorite shows. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Because You Were Home. We are on our part two of The Omen. You may hear some, what I'm hoping is kind of atmospheric noises, ASMR kind of things going on. It is absolutely (laughs) bucketing down right now. Oh yeah. You can hear the rain. So I'm thinking maybe if Cam wants to get in touch with us and we can do like you know, one of those episodes where it's calming yet anxiety-inducing because it's horror as well. So, you know, two birds, one stone. We've got it all going on. Yeah. And happy Halloween. It is. Yes. It is Halloween today. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> it's, it's upsetting because we used to be like such Halloween people and... We just don't go out anymore. No, no. Um, we, we had plans and then they fell yeah. through to a much more chilled version. Uh, yeah. and, and we're kind of like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But our friend Shauna, who is the Halloween baby, mm-hmm. has moved to Canada. And then this year, it just kind of, our friend, our other friend is, is going to a new adventure as well. So we celebrated her instead of going out. And I think it was much nicer. Oh yeah. We've got different grown up stuff happening. And so yeah. yeah. But we will be back. We will. Oh yeah. We'll bring our spooky stuff back on. Yes, definitely. We will dress up and drink again, Ema. Yeah. Well I'm slightly hungover today because I was drinking yesterday, but like not at a Halloween thing, no. A christening, the most yes. unholy thing to be doing the night before Halloween. Like, it's, yeah, I love it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I also didn't want to try and find a costume that would cover an eight-month pregnant belly um, or be that person who was incorporating it in. Yeah, because they're your options. Yeah, so it was either cover it up or like paint a pumpkin on it. And that's just <laughs> not going to happen. No, plus it was raining. It would like come off in like no time. It's just going to be bad. It's going to be bad. So, like, I'm hoping that this isn't as loud for you as it is right now for me. Um, well, if it makes you feel any better, I can't hear any rain coming through my headphones from your side. Brilliant. That's that's. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> um, so yeah, we would have done um, the Omen 1 and 2 in our last episode. Um, this one, we are doing 3 and 4. It was a much nicer experience for me. Poor um, yeah. Emer is really on here for cathartic reasons, um, so that she yeah. can expel this from her body and leave it. Um, so without further ado, I am going to go with it. Omen 3, which is amazingly called The Final Conflict. Um, Yeah, so originally it was actually released under just The Final Conflict, and then it was released under The Omen 3, The Final Conflict, so that it would tie in with The Final Conflict. But, Emer, did you know 
In Germany and Hungary, the film was actually released as Barbara's Baby. So that what? they could try and tie it up with Rosemary's Baby. But it's just Barbara. Like, it, it, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Apparently, it also appeared on some of the movie posters. Stop, really? Yeah. But so, so, so say IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very strange. Very strange. But basically, we are now um, in a world where Damien is a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and a lot of bit eviler. Um, <laughs> the timelines don't really match up because we're in 1981 now. I think your movie was 19... Uh, 78 yeah it's a big jump yeah so he 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 would be too young to be in his 30s so they've kind of in the movie they're kind of like oh when I was a boy in 1960 something yeah like they couldn't have put this in as like being the fake future no yeah yeah. do you know it's kind of like Let's just move up the timeline a bit. <laughs> you could have it in the future without like there being any major futuristic changes. Exactly. There wasn't that much of a difference. So yeah. basically, he now is the head of like this huge corporation that does loads of um, loads of charity work. But like, it's not really charity work. It opens up at a scene and they're trying to put together a um, kind of like a promotional had on what this company does and what are the things that they are say like doing and in fairness it, it, the ad just isn't great Damien's not happy and um he is he's he, the sad antichrist yeah he's it's just kind of showing you that Damien's kind of a dick boss to work for and it's kind of like do we have anything else because this is shit and it's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Cool. Thanks, Tamer. <laughs> Cheers. Um, I won't lie. When I was watching this movie, when they said about porn corporations or whatever, I was like, oh, my God, I recognize that name. And then I was like, yes, Grace, because it's the name of Damien. But in all honesty, Thorn isn't always used, like his full name. Yeah. And I wonder, like, is that a, mo- a name that has been used in many a movie or something? Anyway. So I was kind of like, I'm a dope. That's hilarious. Um, he goes on, he has this advisor um, and kind of like right-hand man. And he's all like, I'm going to become the ambassador to England, like my papa. And the, um, his right-hand man is like, yeah, sound. Um, isn't there one already? And he's like, give it time. <laughs> <laughs> Then it kind of goes to this like group of priests and these priests are coming together and they're looking at constellations. So there is like this phenomenon that happens every couple of years where this constellation completely aligns. Um, it is called the Cassiopeia constellation. It's actually a constellation. It shows up as an M in the sky. Um, but they were able to look at the, the nights that it happened and this is coming again. So basically, the savior is going to be born on this night, um, which is like, you know, not great news for the Antichrist. 
who is on earth right now. So they have decided, well, I don't think they decided, but like, you know, history and whatnot has kind of decreed that Damien needs to die before the savior comes. So there's a group of priests and they're all going to take it upon themselves to try and kill Damien with the daggers that his dad had, that the reporter took, chop of like his head off and all this shit. So they ha- they now have the daggers and they're like, okay, like we're just going to kill him. It's fine. It's Joe's grand. Um, the ambassador to, uh, the American ambassador to England is out having a lovely jaunt in the park. He's having a walk. He sees a Rothweiler. The Rothweiler, I can never say that. Is it Rothweiler? Rothweiler. I think it's a hard T to begin with, yeah. The Rothweiler is all like, hey, bitch, gives him a bit of a stare. He's like, and he walks past his car. He goes back to his his office and he's like, I would like a, um, I'd like a, Conference, please, at three o'clock. And then he does something that is pretty kind of cool. And he rigs everything in his um, office so that when once he opens the door, uh, his shotgun shoots him in the head. <laughs> He's dead. Um, there is a cameo in this. I didn't pop it. But the... Um, the uh, what you call it, the ambassador's secretary is actually Ruby Wax. No. Yeah, and I was kind of now I kind of want to go back and look. Um, we actually put loads of our DVDs up into the attic, and I have all these DVDs on DVD. And I was like, shit, where the fuck am I going to watch this? If you're looking for the omens, the first three, they're all on Disney. Just like that. no. Yeah. Yeah. So you I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, one, two, and three. Uh, funny enough, not yours, Ina. I am not surprised. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Damien, who is played by Sam Neill, um, is shocked by the news that the ambassador is dead. And he's now in the, um, the office of the president. And he is like, will you become the new ambassador and he's like I can't like because I'd have to relinquish my company and he's like no it's fine I'll sort that out and he's like yeah but it's law and he's like I'm the president I'll change law and then he's like when has the president ever done something shitty like that recently no really um so he's kind of like look the only the way the only other stipulation I have is I want to be the head of the youth organization and he's like, yeah, I've already promised that to somebody else. And he's like, ah, oh, so sad, too bad. Like, you want me? That's what I want. And he's like, oh, okay. So he goes over, he becomes the head of that. He's also now the ambassador, the American ambassador in London. They're having a grand party. The um, His right-hand man's wife is like a couple of days off giving birth She's at a party. I was like, fair play to you, love. Don't know if I would have gone. <laughs> then there is a reporter there. And she's kind of like the, the kind of reporter um, in London. She has a TV show. And she's like, I'd love to be able to get you onto the show. And we'd have a chat. And he's like, yeah, 
sound. And I think she's kind of surprised herself. She's like, oh, that was surprisingly easy. Uh, he goes on to the show, and this is when one of the first priests comes. Now, they had said that they didn't want to do gore and grotesque. So again, this movie isn't particularly scary at all. I was actually just talking to my mom about it, and I was explaining the whole thing. And I was like, if you look at it, it's just kind of more of a politic, kind of political religious thriller. Mm. It's exactly what it says in the tin. It's definitely not horror by any means. I don't think, anyway. Um, no, but, I think once you go past the first one, that's it's just yeah, all kind of gone. That's kind of where it goes. Then, and they said that um, they did this. So the only kind of really gory part is when the ambassador shoots himself in the head, and that's true. Now this killing. It's pretty, like, it's pretty graphic, this next killing. And one of the priests comes on to the set and he's going to kill Thorne on, live on TV. And um, he falls and he, like, he's up, he's, up, he's up high on the studio and somebody's like, hey, so he falls, he gets tangled in something. He's, he's like rocking back and forth. Then a fire breaks out. He's rocking back and forth on fire while also like wrapped in plastic. So the plastic is melting onto him. Oh God. While he's like swinging and like dying. It's like, it's, like, it's pretty like you're like, oh. And then at the end of him, like having this gruesome death, they show like his hand that's all burnt and like, you know, plastic and it's like twitching and you're like, whoa. Um, so safe to say that I kind of cut the entry short. Um, it might just do that, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> Damien and this reporter get particularly close. She has a son from a previous relationship. The dad isn't around. Um, and Damien also gets close to the child as well, because like, you know, nothing says the devil like a protege. Of course. Um, he then realizes that this person, that this was actually an assassination. He found the knife. He turns around, turns out his right hand man knows exactly who he is and that he is the Antichrist and apparently has no questions about this. And um, he has, he basically said, look, if this is assassination attempt, obviously something is happening because these are the knives. They're the only things that can kill me. They must have got them from the Thorn Museum family museum I was like what do you have to be to get a family museum um and he so he's like right okay something is happening so then they realize that the savior is going to be born now this is when it goes from kind of political thriller into like Jesus Christ superstar Herod is now in church so Damien slash Herod has now decided, he's decreed that all the baby boys that have been born on this particular date now must die. And he was like, by the by, when was your son born? And he was like, do you know what? Turns out 10 minutes before midnight, the, the day before. So like, or grant. <clears throat> and Damien's like, oh, okay. I don't know but he gives him the benefit of the doubt he's kind of like if you kill the all of the other ones and I'm okay 
you can keep your child. Cool. Send. No bother. So all these babies start like just dying in like really random accidents. Like, you know, they'd be get really badly burnt or like they'd like be like knocked over because their pram like went AWOL or something. And the reporter does a thing on it and she's like, loads of babies have been dying. And this guy is like, well, actually, that's a really, really bad thing to say. And it's like, you know, it's actually quite difficult. No, isn't the right word. Like, it's quite damning that you would come out with that because actually, you know, more babies die of the flu than recently. And she was like, yeah, but babies aren't dying of the fucking flu. Yeah. Like pulling pots of water on themselves and they're boiling themselves to death. And he was like, look, potato, potato, flu, no flu. Babies are dead. And then she starts having a bit of a relationship with Damien because we saw that coming. Now, (laughs) when I say I have never seen a more not even vanilla right but like it's like they kind of turned around and said right okay we just need to set up the lighting there for this sex scene if you can just kind of move in the bed like up and down and maybe kind of be like "Uh yeah cool um and then we'll go on to the sex scene and like you know me I'm usually like oh there's loads of sex and I'm like that but it was just (laughs) It was so weird. I was like, this is so bizarre. I don't know why they kept it in. Because it just looked like it, like it didn't even look like really awkward teenagers, <laughs> you know, like when you're. Yeah, had a fumble. Yeah, it wasn't that awkward thing. It was just looked like really bad. And I was like, oh, oh, but then it gets real raunchy. And he's all like, you know, like, I'm going to take you like the devil. And he does. And she's all like, what the fuck just happened? It went from nothing to like, it's kind of like he was like trying to kill her with himself. Oh. Like it was, it, it was, it was a tale of two cities. It was yeah. <laughs> very, very strange. So a couple of more priests come, they try to kill him. At one stage, this one priest is trying to kill him. <clears throat> he doesn't kill him. Then two other priests are behind him and they're like, we've seen him. That's definitely him. And then it turns out they've actually killed their other priest friend. So like, they're not being successful, unfortunately. Do you know? Um, the Nazareth or the Nazarene is the, the savior child. As the babies start dying, he's like, we haven't got the real baby yet. And um, he's more inclined to be like, look, I know we're good friends. I know we've worked together loads, but you're going to have to kill your son. And your mom's like, absolutely not. And he's like, well, you know, (laughs) I am Satan and you're going to have to do it. Um, So he goes home. The right hand man goes home. And his wife is like, get the fuck away from me. And he's like, why? Why? What's wrong? And she's like, a priest just came to my house and told me that actually you have been involved in the murder of all of these babies and that you're doing it because your boss is the devil. 
and you want to kill our baby. And he's like, I'm not going to kill our baby. And he's like, and why would you even believe that? And she's like, because I found all your papers about killing all the babies. And I was like, oh, never put down on paper. He wrote it down on his to-do list. Yeah. We've all been caught there. <laughs> you do. Kill all babies. <laughs> <laughs> then get milk. We're running it. Like, it's bad. So she's having none of it. He's all like, I'm not going to kill the baby. And she's like, okay, fair enough. But you have killed many babies. So you're still not the best person in my eyes at the moment. <laughs> so she's doing the ironing later on. The baby's goon and gone. Lovely. Then the Rottweiler comes. And it's all like, hey, want to have a staring contest? And she's like, yeah, cool. That's cute with a dog. But then she doesn't know that this is actually like, you know, the Rottweiler. And he's all like, <laughs> burn your baby. So she's looking at the baby, she's looking at the iron. And then the husband comes in and then she like fucks him in the eye with the iron. And it's like, he falls on the floor. Oh. It's like, it's gas. It's brilliant. So that is where they were kind of trying to tie in the whole Barbara's baby thing in. And I was kind of like, that was a stretch. Um. I understand that they were trying to kill all the babies, but I just didn't feel like Barbara and this guy were big enough in the story for it to have actually been them that this was about. Um, so he's kind of like, he realizes that they haven't killed the right baby because, you know, he's not all encompassing Jafar kind of genie power. Um, he also has taken um, the reporter's boy in as his like protege and he's been doing all his work and um, they're in this like lair in Damien's house and Jesus is like on the cross and like they're saying prayers or something I don't know and he's like you need to basically like give yourself to me and not in a weird way it's just like turning around and saying yeah you're you're the devil and I am yours in like an evil doing way, not in a second mm -hmm. way. I just want to put that out there. And he's about to finish his like vows, I suppose. And the mother comes in and she's like, don't finish that. Like you're 13, you're not allowed to be the devil's best friend. No. So then the, she's like, look, I actually know where this baby is. Just come with me because now she's in cahoots with the kind of last remaining priest out of like this priesthood who were trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'll bring you to where this baby is. Just let me have my fucking son back. Like we had a lovely little life before you came. And he's like, okay, cool. So they go and they go to like something. It's almost like Melifond Abbey kind of esque. Um, and it's like this rundown church and Damien's all like, ah, where are you? And um, they go to stab Damien. He's like, stab the boy instead. So the boy's stopped. Um, he kills the priest. He's like, nobody can kill me. Ah, I'm the devil. And then your own comes up and stabs him in the back. So then obviously the Nazarene child is there and it's the saviour and stuff and you never find out who the baby was. It goes more into it in the book 
that this movie that this screenplay was based on so okay. apparently he was born to a gypsy family and that's why they couldn't find any records of him because there was no record of the baby's birth but this was going to be the savior to all mankind and it was and then there were a couple of quotes from the bible about you know that one where it's like and then they said there shall be no pain there shall be no more tears because jesus is jesus book of revelations i think that was a direct quote yeah um so yeah that's the omen three i actually when i recounted it enjoyed it a lot more kind of with the hat of going I was just kind of like you know a late 80s early 90s kind of movie yeah if you just go with it if you suspend yeah. all like just like yeah if you're you're just kind of like okay cool actually people who were also considered for this role were mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson which would have been very interesting. Although I kind of think Jack Nicholson playing the devil should always just be the Witch of Eastwick. Oh yeah, um, he played the best devil there. Like he didn't need to do it again or anywhere else. And I'm glad he didn't get to do it anywhere else. Very glad. I'm very glad that he wasn't in this because I think Jack Nicholson is just such a huge presence. I yes. is the best way to say it. So it was Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando and uh, Gene Hackman. I can't imagine Gene Hackman doing this. No. And I wonder, because I can't imagine him doing it, would he have actually been the only other option for it? But they realized that they wanted to go with a younger actor. So they went with Sam Neill. This was kind of his first big role. So he was actually sponsored by the producer. And he was like, no, I think you should really go with this guy. Um, He has kind of since said in in an interview in the 2000s that he really wasn't that happy with his acting in this movie, but he, it was his first role, so he kind of has to forgive himself. Sam Neill is a New Zealand actor, but was born in Oma, Northern Ireland. He does, if you ever watch Peaky Blinders, he's in it for like one of the seasons, and he does yeah. a very good Northern accent. He does a brilliant accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, no, he moved from the North of Ireland to New Zealand like before he was even 10 and he's very much a New Zealander but mm-hmm. um, yeah very interesting there you go I did not know that yeah. yeah he's got a touch of the Liam Neeson's but he doesn't really claim it I don't think yeah, yeah I haven't and now unless I missed it I haven't heard him ever talking about that yeah I think it's because he actually then went on to like live in New Zealand. His dad is from New Zealand as well. They lived there for the majority of his life. Like he did his college there. He married, he was actually the the reporter in this. He had a relationship with and they had a son. She's from New Zealand as well. So his life is there. Do you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, very good film. I enjoyed it. I know you've seen it. What did you think of it? It's been that long that um, I think I did, I, I enjoyed it for Sam Neill's presence, I feel like if he did it well, but it was also a bit like, this is so far removed from the first omen. So far and I think I'm, Yeah, and I think I would have understood it so much better if I'd read 
the novels. Yes. Um, but yeah, because uh, I suppose it, it is always like when you get these films and it's like, oh, Demon Child or Son of Satan or whatever, they never, this is the only franchise that I know where you get to see them actually when they're older. Yes. And again, I've only seen it the once. I must give it a rewatch, but I have a feeling like as if the better films out of the Omen franchise really are just Omen and out of, you know, then Omen 2. And then I remember hearing someone like, I don't believe it, I thought people. Yeah. But I don't think I hated Omen 3. Yeah, I don't, I, it definitely, if you actually kind of go as a standalone movie, mm-hmm. it's great. Which is how they wanted Exorcist 3 to be as well. It was originally just going to be Legion. And then it's, it's just like studios work. We need the money. We need more bums on seats. Uh, people might not know that William Peter Blatty is the writer of the Exorcist book. So yeah. when he sticks his name onto film called Legion, people may not watch, but if you call it the Exorcist 3 Legion, you know, more Very people might give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I feel like as if I can't put this off much longer. Yeah. I'd say I feel like <laughs> I'm doing a disservice that it actually might be the most terrifying Halloween for you this year. Just, you know, like that when you get that definite sense of there's an hour and a half of my life, I'll never get back again. Yes. This was this was another one of those. We don't get them all that often, but this was one of them, people. Um, definitely straight out of the bat, can't recommend this to anybody. Like, uh, it's not even like it's so funny, it's bad. It's just a like, hear me now, do not watch it. Okay. I refused to give this film any money. So, like, I think I saw that first. I was like, you know, The Omen 4. I was looking at ways where I could watch it. Again, as we said, as you said, it wasn't on Disney, it wasn't on any um, streaming um, platform. So then I was on YouTube and I couldn't even see the one where I could have rented it for four quid. I saw that after the fact. But when I just put in for the full film, the, all I got was. It was this, I, I sent a picture to Grace. It was the screen. It was the, like on the TV screen. And it was for some reason, the person who had uploaded it onto YouTube decided to have the majority of the screen to say, thanks for following my channel. And then like say 60% size on the screen was the film being put in. And whatever way it got uploaded, the sound quality was diabolical. Um, it was kind of a bit like Omen 2 where the volume was up really high, but then they talked so low and it was just constantly volume up, down, up, down. Um, and then also, <laughs> whatever way it had been uploaded, they all had chipmunk voices. Um, <laughs> and when you said that, I was like, oh, good God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all a little bit high when they were talking. And I, was, Chris had said, he was like, watch it just, you know, like on double speeds, those don't quicker. I said, no, they're high-pitched enough as it is. Yeah, you, I wouldn't, I, you probably wouldn't have been able to get anything out of it. No, because there were just some parts where it was just like, you know, when you've got your mouth up to a microphone, it's just, <laughs> that was some of the script for me. And I was trying, there was no subtitles uploaded to it. So there was no way where I could watch it. And I was like, do you know what? I don't need to concentrate too much because the film is just a retread, a low, low, low budget retread version of the omen. But the twist is the girl. Um, so it's different. Um, and this it is they do and I'll go on to it um, they do do a plot twist at the end it is crazy um, how they try to make it work okay. um, 
But like this film has absolutely nothing to do with the cinematic trilogy of The Omen. Um, and like I said, the way that it does try to tie it together is kind of comical at some points. And it, like it has no, it's not even like taking anything from the books because there is, I think, six Omen books or at least five. And when there's the fourth Omen book past, obviously, what the third film was based off of, this is nothing even to do with that. So they didn't even pull from it. It's completely of its own name. It was made for TV. I think they were hoping that they were going to do like a continuation of the Omen films and all, all done by made for TV. But this film was so bad, it ended the franchise until they redid it in the remake of the first one, which I was talking about last week. I thought it was the one where the they changed it on the remake in 2006, where it was the man was the one trying to kill him. No, I just decided for the crack. I was so bored with the fourth Omen. I looked into the remake of the Omen oh. and just entertained myself. And I realized, no, it's exact. It's the whole film of the Omen just done again. And apparently it was so close to the original Omen film that the guy who wrote the script for the remake couldn't claim credit for it. So in the film, screenwriter of Omen 1 gets as the screenwriter in the remake, even though he didn't touch it because the film is so close. I'd imagine it's probably like Gore Verbinski's uh, remake of Psycho. Probably where it's so yes. close that that's it. Um, so and I, like I also I looked at the trailer and like the kid playing Damien in that one, he just looks like he's trying to look so creepy. Whereas yeah. in the original Omen, I just feel like if the boy, you know, it was he just a look here and there, but he was also, yeah, he was super cute. Like this kid is like, he looks like a fucking heroin addict. He's got like the big dark circles under his eyes and he's just like <laughs> constantly you know, head down, but eyes up. And I'm like, he's just waiting for his next fix. Um, so I was just like, don't bother with that one either. I just like that they did it because it was coming up to the 6th of June, 2006, which again, they tried to make that work. I'm like, ugh, never mind. Um, but anyway, I'm pulling away from this shit film. Um, so basically, how can you continue this franchise after Damien dies, basically? Mm -hmm. um, and this is where it just, it's again, a retread of the first one where it begins a lot like the first film where you've got the addition of a baby to a wealthy political family. Um, and maybe it's just because it's made for TV film that basically all subtlety that you had in Omen 1 where it was like a mystery that you had to unravel. Fuck that. Mystery, mystery. They don't bother. They hammer in from the start that this is, that the child is satanic. Even the girl knows that she is from the family line of the devil. Love it. Um, so it's just all, yeah. Yeah, because immediately the nuns are like, they're like, oh no, we, we've we've tricked this family into raising just because like it's it's not that they don't have kids, it's just they couldn't have time have kids, so they end up adopting um child. And at first everything seems to be going normally, and then the kid turns into being such a little piece of shit um that they hire a nanny. I think they hire a nanny because the mom gets pregnant or it was no it was prior to her it was, I can't remember because I think my brain decided to blot a lot of it out I um, happens to me yeah, a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 
they hire a nanny and you're thinking, oh, is this going to be like the evil nanny? No, this is some fucking psychic nanny who says that there's an aura with Delia. So she takes her to a psychic fair and they do like this Karelian photograph, which is meant to like, oh, that has your aura. And it's so dark and she's so angry. And then Delia's like, bitch, um, I can't believe you brought me here to this place. I'm going to set it all on fire with my mind. Um, and uh, all these people like there's lame deaths in it so at the start there's like there are two nuns and there's a younger nun giving out going what have we done you know we shouldn't be doing it like after the fact she's getting all moralistic and so the older nun starts like beating her up and then the older nun gets a heart attack um and then the younger nun runs off and she kind of does a secular life she goes up to the king of delia and then Delia's all, eh, the child of the devil or the descendant of the devil. So I fucking hate her. She's, so she cries. Instead of the man being like, oh, look, just keep in the Christian, you know, just let her cry through. She grabs and she runs away. That priest who tried to christen her later on, like, I mean, two seconds later, he's a teen alone in the church. And then he gets a heart attack. <laughs> and then there's that. But there's no mention of him ever in. And... um. So yeah, and there's like there's a scene where we get the Rottweiler gets brought in because little Delia is running with her mom, and then she goes running. And it's a lot like the cemetery. She's running down this hill. You see this big articulated truck come, and she's like, "Holy fuck, my daughter's about to be like mowed down!" And this Rottweiler comes out of nowhere and pushes her out of the way. And then it's like Delia loves the Rottweiler, and the Rottweiler loves Delia, and they're so good together. And that's how the Rottweiler gets in. So this is the first time ever in any of the Omen films that you see like. Instead of the Rottweiler just like staring at people some, or, you know, killing someone, this is the first time that the Rottweiler is proactive. Um, okay. Yeah, we've got that. Um, so, um, yeah, we've got the nanny. She's not a crazy nanny. Well, she's not like an evil nanny. She's just very psychic. Like, there's, there's also like upside down crosses. As I said, so out the fucking window there's upside down crosses used to a comical amount of times so when like the nuns praying in the church after the old nun dies with a heart attack the crucifix just like falls upside down and she starts to cry and then like um just random scenes before someone dies like there's an upside down cross like but the, there's a steam defined cross put into a mirror or whatever when the nanny um having a shower <laughs> and Oh, I will come to it, but there's a weird choir scene, like, like later on. Um, but anyway, so the the nanny also is like, no, we're going to try and meditate. And I'm going to try and clear your aura. And then Dilly's like, let go of my hands, you stupid bitch. And then, <laughs> yeah, Joe's just like, there's something wrong with you. And and you're the child of the devil. Like, immediately goes like, you know, there's something satanic with you. So is like, Stick him, Dano, and the Rottweiler pushes the nanny out the window and onto the ground. And the mother is pregnant at this stage, yes. Well, it's having the nanny there because it goes straight to like she's eight years old and all this sort of stuff. Um, and this is where the girl playing her. I see, like she plays her up straight, but she's also like she knows she's um like there's a child who's bullying her, and she like beats the shit out of him in school with um. Cute. We're a lunchbox because he's stopped <laughs> on her lunch. So she goes to the lunchbox and just starts, she wails on his face with it. And I'm like, fair play. If someone fucking trod all over my lunch on purpose, I'd beat the shit out of them. That's yeah. my food, goddammit. You don't mess with the food. Sometimes I'm always kind of like, when they're like, oh, like, 
you know, she was being bullied or he was being bullied, but like, they, like they really retaliated. And I'm like, yeah, good for them. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah, maybe this girl should have been more proactive and the bullying shouldn't have fucking happened. Exactly. Um, so after the death of the babysitter, the mom, Karen, is a bit like, hmm, weird shit keeps happening around this child. But like the dad is so comically like, she's fine. She's my little girl. Nothing could go wrong with her. Like he's actually, he's annoying. So like I said, he's running for like Congress or whatever. And I think both are attorneys. And mom even, she calls her Delia after her, I don't know, aunt or grandmother who was the first woman to like, be mayor or like they they have aspirations for this girl and again not even hinted at they want her to do well there's this there's that so the dad's like running for congress and but he anything that the daughter does like no she's my little angel she couldn't do it and it's like she'll hug the dad and then look at the mom like yeah bitch he's on my side but so um to get into congress the guy who was also running or in power um there's a pi who was hired by someone else and finds him with another woman so he's blackmailed yes she goes and finds that same pi and she's like i want you to look into the parents of this child who was adopted you know they can't give out anything because she goes to the nuns place first and then she's like are any of the nuns who was there you know with the adoption still there she's like no all i can tell you is one died and one chose a secular life and the way she said secular life was like she may as well have like join satan ironically at the time like she wouldn't have known but she just treats it like she's spitting out the word secular um, <laughs> again the acting is horrific in this film uh, i don't oh, know if it's just made for tv films yeah like i haven't watched of made for tv films um but this one i remember like the, the difference of quality so anyway, the, the investigator, he manages to track down this nun. She becomes like a prostitute. Um, and then she tries to change some of the prostitutes to join her because she hears voices in her head. And then the guy's like, bad for business. And um, so she leaves. And I don't know whether she, she joins the cult in like Louisiana. And I don't know whether she takes some of the prostitutes with her. But either way, so the detective finds her. And um, she's got her hair cut up short. She's one of those, I don't know what they would call it, Pentecostal or whatever. We know like the, the ones where they're proper Bible belt, they've got the rattlesnakes. Yeah. And she's like, nothing can, wrong can happen to me. I'm going to step in to this pit of snakes. And then she, as nothing is happening to her, but you just know, you're like the detective's there, something's going to happen. Um, people are like asking her to pray for loved ones. And then he just shows her the picture of it was that nurse, the nun with the mom and the baby when the adoption first happened. And then she's like, that child is the devil. And then the snakes all freak out because she's freaking out. And so the snakes start biting her and biting other people. They bite the detective. Everyone's getting bit and then pandemonium. And then they're all brought to hospital. Now the nun is fucked up. She's bit on her face. She's bit everywhere. So the, um, they managed to get like an anti-venom to the detective, but the, he's asking like, oh, how's the ex known? And they're like, oh, she's in a bad way. Yeah. So he goes up to her. She's not good. <laughs> no, no, she's, she's really not doing so well at all. Um, so he goes up to her room. And again, I'm sure there was something really important being said, but this quality was, it was all I heard. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that that was something real important. Um, I don't know, probably telling her that the little girl's like the child of Satan or whatever. And we swapped out the babies or we gave it the wrong baby. Nah, 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 nah. Um, 
So the detective then goes to like the ex-nun's trailer, finds all the notes. She'd been keeping an eye on the dad as he was going to Congress and all the people who died around them. <laughs> but before the nun dies, um, I don't know whether a pane of glass breaks or something, but an upside down cross shines in on her face and then she just starts to laugh and then she dies. And then when the private yeah, when the private detective is outside the trailer, there is a part of the fence that falls and it's just it's just there, but it's an upside down cross. And he's like, Oh, I'm not gonna stay here, takes all the notes, and then he buggers off to go. He goes to post them over. He he's trying to fly out of Louisiana to go back to wherever the fuck the family live in, so he can send on the information to the man. And um so there's no flights because it's really shitty weather. It's like coming up to Christmas as well. And he just posts stuff over and then he's all like, oh, it's all getting weird. And, and something bad's going to happen. He's a complete believer that like the child that they have is, is the Antichrist. So um, he then starts to see like what I can only imagine are these flashes into what future looks like um, if the Antichrist were to win. And carol singers turn into like this demonic choir. And one guy is literally, they look all weird. It's so stupid. You can just, I'm sure you can YouTube this little video. One person is holding up a crucifix and then it's like, they're just putting it thumbs down. They go, nah, 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 and they turn it upside down. And I'm like, it is as subtle as a fucking car crash. It's, I, I was laughing. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Anyway, there's like this thing where it's one of the, as I call them, the, the omen deaths, like the big ones. Um, okay, but, I know what you mean. Yeah, so as I like to call them, it's like the mousetrap ones, but this happens and happens. But this wasn't like a series of events that causes this accident to happen. It's just a crane, large crane. He's near a construction site. The wrecking ball just like comes through and takes it, but he just like stares at it like slack jawed, like ha, because it's done in slow motion. So instead of him trying, I feel like he could have even tried to duck or jump or whatever, but no, it just plays through him. But like he got his like a couple of minutes beforehand because he was looking in a um whilst he was after he posted off the stuff and he's like looking around this and there's a toy shop and he's looking at a toy crane kind of like i don't know whether it's made out of lego or just it's a toy crane and so obviously oh he looks at the crane and then he's gonna get killed by a crane because why the fuck would you have a toy construction set in your shop yes. window to advertise for christmas um but anyway, so that's one of the two big omen deaths. And I'll come to the other one when I'm finished going through this. So basically, Karen um, rings, or she gets the delivery of all the stuff, and she rings that postal office, and she's like, of the town in Louisiana, and she wants to know like where the, the detective is because he hasn't come over. And she's like, oh, we're not really allowed to tell. This is, this is a bit strange. Are you family? She goes, yeah, 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 I'm his sister. And then like, oh, he died. And so Karen's like, the fuck? something's like really bad happening and then she's like talking to a priest and the priest this she comes into this priest like once or twice and he's a big believer that yes the antichrist will happen the world is eating itself it's like robert patterson as batman goes, the city is eating itself and <laughs> um, he's he's like totally like look at what we've done we have helped deliver in the antichrist he's just going to walk through these doors because we have made this world a shitty place to war and Mm-hmm. and self-made famine and all this sort of stuff and then he looks at me and he's like oh I bet. I've gone over this big one. oh <clears throat> maybe this could happen I know you're a woman and you're pregnant so you're a delicate flower so I won't tell you the truth um and uh so she's like I really think that the antichrist is here already and he's like of course they are they're ready for this look at the world it's a pile of shite 
Um, and then she ends up going into labor or it, she's like, she's worried that Delia is, is like the devil child um, because everyone's dying around her. And like, so she wakes up one night. <laughs> so Karen's asleep and she wakes up one night and then it's like, like a freaky child. Delia has her hand on the belly of Karen. And so I thought, I kept thinking, oh, God, she's going to try and kill the baby or kill the baby from inside the womb or whatever, because there can be only one. But um, so she goes into labor and she gives birth to a boy. Oh, yeah, there was this. Oh, yeah, I'll go into it. I'll explain later. But yeah, anyway, so she is a boy. And then she's like, she's going to try and kill my son. And because they've abandoned, basically, child Delia in the house so that the man can give birth, they, the hospital, there's like this one, because they're really rich. Like they have this rich doctor friend who is like the doctor for everything. He's the doctor for Delia when she falls off a horse earlier on. And then she's also, he's the doctor for when she gets like an infection on her face when Delia was a baby and Delia like cuts her or bites her face when she's like an infant and the man gets like an infection. So he has her for that. Like he's, he's one of those, you know, like, I don't know whether it's just for a film that this is the one doctor for everything. Whereas we all know that there's multiple doctors. There's a long time waiting. I don't know whether it's private you just get to be for everything mm-hmm. but anyway so he's like we're gonna send a nurse to look after your child not not a childminder no a nurse a nurse gets taken out of the hospital to go mind Delia and um so you're just like right okay um so after delivering her son Karen goes she somehow knows she's in yeah, the doctor is like, it's later on. She's she pretty much figured everything out. This is really coming towards the end of the film. And so Karen is just like, she grabs a scalpel real quick. Like when, because he, he has them laid out on his desk, like as if they're stationary. So she takes one of the scalpels and then she's, he he's like, I hear you've got a case of the ick. And he kisses her in the face. And yeah, she's a case of the ick because you just kissed her in the face and you're a fucking doctor. You've <laughs> <laughs> got a case of the ick. I'm like, hey, dirty perv, that's why. Um, yeah, but it's like, oh, I'm, I don't know whether they're trying to say that this is like, whether they were trying to work it in that she's postpartum depression or whatever. But um, he's sick. That's what he calls it. So she starts to go. She, I think she hands him the notes that the private detective had trying to find out who the parents of Delia is. But then when he's looking at the notes, oh, yeah, she's, she's asking about fetus papyruses because here comes the big touches she puts the scalpel through the doctor's hand pins and then he's all like what the fuck bitch and she's like you knew that this child was the devil and he immediately flips it yes we're all a part of the devil's work and you're like he turned on a dime so it turns out earlier on in the film Delia was like she was doing horse riding thing in school she speaks the horse the horse throws her and they're all like oh no and then He's like, oh, she's doing fine. She's picked the horse because she just started menstruating. She's eight, which, okay, when you're eight, it is a rare case that you start menstruating, but it's yeah. not impossible. So it was at that stage, like not too long later, that Karen finds out she's pregnant. So what happened was, suspend all disbelief, people. This is the weirdest plot twist that they also literally shove into the last five to ten minutes of the film. So... When Damien gets it on with that woman in the third film, she basically, we it doesn't say it, but it's kind of assumed or presumed that she gives the child up for adoption or that she That's becomes what I, I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. 
but they don't mention it. They mention nothing. Again, they could have maybe mentioned it. No, they said that their parents were like college kids who had a child out of wedlock and so gave the child up for adoption. That's the story that they're going with. I don't know whether through poor sound quality, something else may have came out, but I just didn't hear it. <laughs> it's like a really imagine. elaborate story that goes into actually explaining it perfectly. And it's kind of like, sorry, what was that? <laughs> Hello? Maybe if I paid for the film, I would have gotten it. But I was not. I gave that film <laughs> my time. I was not going to get my money. I get it. I get it. But yeah. So basically, here's the thing. Dia is holding the embryo of her twin, yeah. and they somehow, yeah, they somehow the doctors with all their satanic power know that this embryo is there when they're checking her after she fell off the horse takes the embryo out of her implants it to mother the mother then carries the twin to term so this is what she's this is the thing that the detective discovered is it's called fetus papyrus it's also known as being vanishing twin so according to wikipedia it says a vanishing twin also known as fetal resorption, you know, the way like when they're like, oh, he ate the twin in the womb or resorbed it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a fetus in a multi-gestation pregnancy, which dies in utero and then partially or completely absorbed by the twin. Uh, The occurrence of this phenomenon is sometimes referred to as twin embolization syndrome or vanishing twin syndrome. And since the 1980s, when twin pregnancies were made visible early on by means of ultrasound, uh, occasionally, rather than being completely reabsorbed, the dead fetus will be compressed by its growing twin to a flattened parchment-like state known as fetus papyrusus. This was the medical way that they tried to <laughs> make this make sense. But instead of being a flattened papyrus scroll of a fetus, it was perfectly still kept as an embryo, not growing, not moving, and kept in Delia moved to Karen, carried full term. And then so Karen's like, I won't let the Antichrist live. So she gets, there was in the doctor when she was like trying to talk to him or like when she was discovering all this, trying to like, he's got one hand pinned elbow. He has a gun because of course he has a gun in his desk and he's like trying to get that. She manages to stab him in the chest before he can shoot her. And then so she has his gun and then she goes back to the house so she can like obviously kill the baby or kill both of them or whatever. And then of course, then the nurse who's there is an evil nurse. So this is the part where we get like the minor. She goes, oh, you're one of them too. And she's like, oh, but says hail Satan, you know, it's so. And then they have a weird fight and then the gun goes off, but the music doesn't even build to a crescendo. It's a bit like. And we find it like, you're like, it's like the all the music for the sound quality is so bad and the score has gone so wrong like each sound score for the time is put on the wrong even when they're talking there's like strong sound score happening and and like the the omen music put on like random times so it's all wrong it's like the film and it's sound score we're doing like in reverse or something it's so fucked up um but yeah so there's the she kills the nurse and then she goes in and she sees Delia as holding baby Alex and she's like I know I now know the truth um and then I can see now (laughs) I can see clearly now your twins (laughs) yeah so we just get this close-up of a camera 
to this plastic ass looking hand. So it's maybe baby Alex's little hand and on the palm of his hand, there's three sixes. Like, how do you only know what to do? Okay. Oh, wait, 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 you hold on to babies hand when they're born. Yeah. I wonder. It's just so fucking strange. I laughed my ass off when I saw that. I was like, oh, for God's sake. And then so Karen's like, I've got a gun and I'm going to kill them both. And, and then she's like, are you? Are you going to kill your own son? And then we don't get to find out if. She Karen turns the gun on herself, but we don't know whether it's the children and their demonic power make Karen turn the gun on herself or whether it's the fact that she was implanted with the Antichrist. It wasn't even her like true baby and she helped usher this in. But she offs herself and then it goes straight to the funeral and it's the dad who obviously because he's oblivious to all this she never got to tell me of this I can imagine he wouldn't have taken her seriously anyway because anytime she does try to say oh is there anything wrong with Karen he's like no baby she's fine um so he's there now he's a dad to both them and because he's probably in politics they'll probably get like another satanic nanny to look after all them but it's basically like you're you're led to believe that Delia is the antichrist you're like oh cool it's a woman she's the antichrist in this one no the true antichrist is the twin boy but Delia had to be born first to be his protector and to carry him <laughs> until the egg could get taken out of her and put into an adult house. Like, I mean, come on. Like that? And oh yeah, and then what? Hmm? Pretty fucking shameful. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like when they're leaving the, the cemetery, there's like this little crossway on, on the, um, the pathway out of the cemetery. And they just kind of like have the camera zoom in on the part that makes it look like an upside down cross. I'm like, it's a fucking pathway. But of course they do it in such a way to make it look like as if it's, it's the devil or whatever. So like, it, as I said, this is for the most part up until the end of the film a fucking retread of the omen in instead of a way like if someone thinks oh there's something wrong with the child I must investigate but at least in the omen and the omen too um and I can't remember in the third one but like people were like trying to out Damien as being the devil this girl knows she's the devil she's not something she discovers she knows she's like got satanic family and um, but it's the man investigates. No one has to tell her. Then she's obviously she cops on that there's something wrong. She then goes to try and tell her because not even like when that nun goes off and goes rogue by herself, she never even tries to stop the mother to say like because she had all these moral problems. Like oh, what have we done? She doesn't go and try and tell the mom going oh actually that baby is like from Satan. Devil. And yeah. Yeah, 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 and that you really probably shouldn't keep her with you and all. And that's what I said, like, it was definitely a proper made-for-TV film. The acting was pretty terrible. The camera work, like, all the production quality was really low budget. Um, so there's another death that's, like, the, the typical Omen-style death, which I do believe it's a complete rip-off of the first one. So as I was saying that, like, Delia bet the shit out of this kid who was bullying her, but, yeah, they were both getting into because he then slaps her in the face, like, in an earlier scene. So she then, at a later scene, runs up a ladder, makes him chase after her, and then he's afraid of heights, so he wets himself. So the dad gets... The parents of this boy are like, my little Timmy would never be a bully. Yeah, it's all your daughter. And so they're real indignant. So then outside of the school, the second time, the dad 
like giving out shit about Delia. And then he slowly pulls out, he's in the car, he's slowly pulling out of the school driveway or whatever the hell. And he's like giving a side eye to Delia going, crazy, stupid, evil bitch. <laughs> and out of nowhere, there's this like moving truck, which has its platform raised because reasons. And then even though the dad is driving so slow, the platform cuts into the top of the car, the roof, and decapitates him. But it looks like all he had to do is like, like gently tap on the brakes. Because again, I don't know whether they were filming it slowly so that they could, you know, do this in one take or they slowed it down. Because he wasn't driving fast. This was a slowly done scene. But yeah. I feel like as if he'd have just bashed his head off the flap platform not decapitated himself because he wasn't driving fast enough for it so I get where they're coming from they're trying to like evoke memories of the death of the photographer from the Owen film but at least that was done in a way where it was the the truck fell down and you know like yeah the way that it was set was like you know the handbrake failed it fell backwards and then the glass just fell off the back of the van whereas with this one is like he literally drove into it it's like walking into a door because he'd been looking in the other direction like it was just so fucking stupid but they were the two like kind of major deaths oh the accidental deaths that the dad and then the pi with the wrecking ball but like everyone else it was just like there was two heart attack kind of things and they didn't need to die they weren't gonna give out information like that priest just probably thought when she cried at the christening that there was just oh she didn't like the christening you know I I felt like as if they were just killing them because they were religious you know one was a nun one was a priest um again and then that's what I'm saying like the ending of it like it, it just comes out of nowhere and it's so convoluted and it's just like thrown out really like it spat out so quick at the end um it just doesn't work the ending doesn't work I, I mean you could say yeah it's a retread of the first film in that sense and then they obviously do try to do something different but it just it's so bad um and like they were trying to make more films out of this and um, they were going to try and have like a franchise of omen films done for tv but it was just so critically slammed that um they were like, yeah. try to yeah they wouldn't try to resurrect this film until like 2006 um, and that also did spectacularly bad because no, this is the thing. I do have beef with remakes of films. However, I am also 100% aware that I really love John Carpenter's The Thing, which in itself is a remake from The Thing from Outer Space made in 1951 or something like that. Yeah. But I, I never watched the original one. So uh, I know what we were saying about remakes being for a new generation, but this one as a new breath of life being brought into it in the 90s they they did it bad by making it for tv however poor australia got this as a theatrical release um, god love them they don't deserve that um but yeah like this would have died a quiet death on tv um that's what I mean like I couldn't find it anywhere it's like nobody wants you to know that this film exists yes they don't want to like take claim for it yeah no one wants to put their hands in on it like I think there may be a change of directors even as well like nobody wanted this um and, and that's what I mean like it's I have to say the child actress um playing Delia uh she's good in the sense that she does portray emotions of like 
not wanting to be a part of like when the the nanny's bringing her to the psychic fair like she's against it she's not just like reading as well she's a very good child actress in that sense um, I think she was in like a Goosebumps episode after this but she didn't really she kind of stayed as a child actress she didn't do anything like don't think really in her adult life or like nothing that we would have seen her in um and it's yeah she was good in it um there's not really much I can try and even save salvage from this okay. uh yeah don't watch it people and um, stick with just the three or the first you know however much of them you enjoy I can't see anyone enjoying this film it was just very ham hock version just no no <laughs> so there you are everybody I am the biggest two thumbs up Emer is ever going to give to a movie the, the exorcist and the omen for it go watch it now is what Emer is saying <laughs> yeah this is me I'm trying to reverse psychology everyone into it <laughs> no I hated it don't watch it go watch it no no seriously like I mean if, if people are masochistic and um want to do this to themselves like or if people were like, you know, you could have someone who would want to watch every film out of a franchise, good yeah. or bad. Like this, it's not, it's totally wrong. Um, because like that, it they obviously tried with the idea of it and then make it a girl and then make it that, no, the Antichrist still is really a boy, but how the hell are we going to make this work? Oh, like if that was their idea the whole time of that hidden embryo, then... I'm very shocked because it just seems like as if they're like, how are we going to get this that the boy is the Antichrist? Because I thought even if you could have done it away where like Delia with the hand on the belly passed through the essence of evil, you know, through osmosis into the fetus and then that's the Antichrist, something. But this hidden embryo thing, I just thought, I was like, go fuck yourself. I was like, that's just so stupid. It's, it's, a, it's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, a complete stretch. To say the least. Yeah, yeah I was just dis- yeah, I was just disappointed as well then to find out, like because I was I was tempted. I was either gonna watch the fourth film or the remake. And then I thought I didn't want to just talk about the same film again. So and I'm glad I didn't watch it. Be- yeah, because I'm I'm glad I didn't watch it because just to find out, like I thought at least I think it was maybe the way I saw the trailer back in 2006 that I thought it was it was the mom was going to try and kill Damien that the mom had discovered that um Damien was the you know the child of Satan or whatever but no no it's still the dad and it's still like she the, the mother character still dies in the hospital from the nanny like I mean it's still all done in that way yeah only one good bit of trivia for that is that Mia Mia Farrow who was Rosemary from Rosemary's Baby plays the um satanic nanny in the oh. film. that's it yep apparently herself and julie styles were in like a broadway production a year or so before they were filming it and julie styles was like i'll talk around into being into it and they got her and so she's the nanny so which is that's that's like the only bit of cool oh that's that's a good bit of trivia yes. that's a yeah. nice twist yeah that's a good nod that's it i don't know that's it yeah hmm. So we've done our Unholy Alliance films yeah. for Halloween. Not one of them a tr- trilogy or a trinity. No, no, no. no. 
And I think uh, a lot of them, both of them kind of should have stopped possibly after just the first one. Yeah, I would kind of, yeah, I would tend to agree. Um, or just kind of removed themselves. Yeah, from allowed themselves to be the standalone films. Yeah. But people are fickle. And I understand why studios are like, if we do want to get the full money out of this, we're going to have to do it in a way that works financially for us. So, you know, slap on that name of Exorcist or The Omen and, you know, we'll still get money out of it. It's like, now here's a franchise that's gone way off a of kilter, but the Amityville Horror. Yes. Um, there's like 20 odd ones of those. And it's, you know, like, that one has just gone way off kilter. I haven't seen them, but I just... You know, like when you just see some of the titles, you're like, this is nothing to do with the amateur art. Like it's it's probably not even in the house anymore. They're just, I think, putting the name onto things. And they're like, oh, I think after the fourth one or whatever, they went straight to like VHS and then onto DVD because they're still making them now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually crazy how far that has gone. Yeah. I can only imagine now that the rights to that film, like or to get the name on, are super cheap and you can just get that made out. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like as if, if we were to even touch that as a franchise, we couldn't even properly watch them because there are too many. You no, know, you could, you could, it's like you wouldn't know where to start. And like, obviously, no, I know you probably, probably just start, pick. But like, do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another year. Um, but, All right. Spooky, Susan. It's done. Yes. Thanks for sticking with us this long. Yeah. Uh, it was hard enough for us to get through, but at least we weren't alone. <laughs> this is true. I think next year we should do like Final Destination or like something. Yeah, something. New. That's a good one that you could do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. It's something more up to date and a bit more modern and definitely people will have maybe not seen all of them because I think I haven't seen past the second one. Oh my god okay look it has to be done even if it's not for Halloween <laughs> we're doing the final destination <laughs> they're so fucking good okay cool no brilliant that's it that's it that's there we go I've awakened something inside of you yeah you truly have <laughs> <laughs> they're so good okay yeah there's an idea um we don't know what we're doing next week Yes, possibly fun destination. Um, but <laughs> we won't do it to you. Don't worry. We won't go straight into another franchise. But um, we will talk to you next week. And happy Halloween. Be his sound. Um, yeah. Yeah. Eat buttloads of candy. Wear shitty plastic masks that cut the face off you whilst also sweating everything off of you. Wear a black bag and stick a broomstick at you and you're anything you want to be. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, chat to you then. Bye.